0: Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, joined as ever by Jake McGee and Dave Somerville. How are we doing, guys? The sun is shining. It seems to be a pretty nice
1: day all round. Spring is finally here, and the NFL draft is just around the corner.
0: It is just around the corner. Jake, what's the the date on that?
2: Uh, Next Thursday, so, well, this will most likely come out on Thursday, so it'll be a week when you're probably listening to this, so it's very close, and... I was rearranging my, my work schedule to make sure that I'm not going to be too tired come Friday morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately the, the draft does run quite into the, the wee small hours for us, uh, obviously being in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure what time it's actually on in the States. I don't know what time it, it kicks off, you know, um, Eastern time or, or whatever time that they have it at. Um, and is it in Vegas this year again?
2: Yes, yeah, Vegas.
0: Yeah. Vegas. They're really pushing... For Vegas, but I think probably because it's it's a new city to the NFL. It's not one of those cities that you know used to have a team and then it disappeared. Uh, it's not like you know St. Louis, for example, or one of those places. It's it's brand new for the NFL market, and it really looks like they're trying to push it as much as possible. Um, so I mean that stadium that they built for the for the Raiders, the Reliant Stadium. So no, it's not Reliant. What's it called? What's it called? I don't know. Is don't it Allegiant? Know, what? Allegiant. Possibly. Someone find the name of the the Raiders
1: stadium. It, it could be, but if we're going to talk about stadiums, I think let just hand it over to me. Don't. Yeah, no. Don't right, listen.
0: We're we're not <laughs> even. Cool. Not, cool.
2: We're not starting like this.
0: Not <laughs> even a minute in, and Dave wants to talk about his team. We're not doing that this week, Dave. Not so doing at all. Allegiant. So yeah, far. There you are. It's Allegiant. Allegiant Stadium in uh, in Las Vegas. And it's uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive to look at. But they're really sort of pushing to to try and get as much into Las Vegas as they possibly can. It's only a matter of time. They'll have a Super Bowl there. Very shortly indeed. Now, we, there is some news that we do need to get caught up on. Um, particularly in the free agency side of things. There's still a few big stars kicking around. They've not been signed yet. We've got people like Taran Matthew, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., Jadavian Clowney, of course. Um, And you've got the two Melvins, Melvin Ingram and Melvin Gordon. But there are obviously more players available in free agency. Dave, do you have anything, any players that have uh, sort of tickled your fancy that you're surprised perhaps they haven't been signed yet? Or maybe you've got an idea of where they might be going?
1: I mean Jarvis Landry and kind of Julio Jones are the main two. the The wide receivers available, the c- class, you know, uh, you can sort of make a big argument that former temporary class is permanent, and this is the kind of uh, free agency that uh, with these players still available, Jarvis Landry, OBJ still available, Julio Jones, you know, these guys that they, they were they're some of the best in the league. You know, Tyron Matthew at this point. I think he's he's he he doesn't know where he's going to go. He he's already said that you know he would have accepted um certain you know certain offers from the Chiefs uh, to stay, but there was just it just wasn't there. I don't think the mutual interest uh, was there. Um, you know, uh, coming up to the to the draft, you got big uh, previous big hitters in the draft. Jadavian Clowney is there. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been uneventful uh postseason already. You you know, you've still got um Will Fuller is still kicking up I think Will Fuller's talking about as far as I yeah, haven't seen I him go to anywhere. Uh you've got some veterans as well in Dacamand Sue. You know, he was at he was he was at the Bucks last year, wasn't he, if I remember yeah. rightly. Yes, because yeah, yeah but- I remember he he got quite aggressive in the, in his last game for the Bucks against the Rams. I think he lost his cool once or twice there. He is a former Ram of course and I was very sad to see him go when he did leave but he just he does command a big salary um the players that maybe go under the radar Dante Hightower uh I think he's a fantastic linebacker but but well, we've also had a few um deals closed out as well I think the biggest one I would say and one that I'm almost quite upset about is Stefan Gilmore now he's got he's gone to the Colts I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not sort of messing that up I think he, he has gone to the Colts he chose the Colts over the Rams is from what i i've been hearing and that's a very sad state of affairs but you know it is what it is i i I think you know there's been there's obviously a lot of questions that arise with cornerbacks because as they get older you know they tend to get slower and cornerback is one of these positions you do need flat out speed quite often especially to catch Players such as, say, Tyreek Hill, um, although I don't think there's many, of any, can catch him. But yeah, I think all, of this week anyway, that's probably one of the bigger uh, free agency signings. Um, you still got so many trades being touted. That our, our postseason is far from done, guys, so I think it's still a watch this space. We have so many stars that are still to find teams for next year. Uh, the only thing I can say, I don't think you're going to find any of these guys in the USFL.
0: I I would hope not but uh, you never know as we <laughs> as we said you know last week uh, for players who simply get cut and nobody picks them up come mm-hmm. season start you know what are they, they going to do if it doesn't look like they're going to make a roster they might say do you know what I I don't need millions of dollars even though I want it um I so I just want to play the game there are people like that I mean you spoke about cornerbacks Joe Hayden's still sitting there as well no one's picked him mm-hmm. up he he is a bit older um, 32 or 33 I think Joe Hayden is he's he's not been signed yet you mentioned Dante Hightower he's a fantastic player and I think he could improve a lot of a lot of teams and uh, Larry Oganjobi as well um, the defensive tackle he's he's only 28 uh, I I can't see I can't see teams sort of giving up on him uh, but he you know he's jumped around teams the past couple of years Uh, and as you said with the wide receivers it's if i'm looking for that safety net you know i've got my wide receiver one i've got my wide receiver two um i've possibly even got my wide receiver three but you want someone i don't want to say backup but someone you can rely on i'm deeper deeper
1: depth yeah deeper
0: depth i am so surprised julio jones hasn't been picked up so surprised. Now, people might argue that he's not, you know, he's a bit older now. He's maybe not in the same um, vein as someone like uh, OBJ, people like Jarvis Landry. But the fact of the matter is he's one of the most reliable receivers in the history of the league. Why would you not want him on your team? I I, I was surprised when Atlanta let him go. Although I, I do believe a lot of that was to do with cap space. Um, yeah. Same with, you know, they, they get rid of Matt Ryan as well. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very surprised that Julio Jones hasn't been picked up yet. And I'll be even more surprised if he's not um, on a roster before a ball is kicked. Jake, uh, any, any ideas on the free agency market? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, well,
2: with the free agency, obviously, it's been very busy for two positions, and they relate quite heavily in terms of the cornerbacks. Obviously, it was Stephon Gilmore that Dave's touched on. Um, Stephen Nelson was picked up as well. He signs with the Texans for two years, $10 million, uh, former chief Steeler and Eagles, but he's quite desirable. Um, And then with the wide receivers, like we've said, I, I think we touched on it a few episodes ago, I think the reason these veterans are still out there in the market is because there's so much money being thrown about and players being traded i think they're kind of priced out of the market in terms of nobody knows what to pay them or doesn't want to pay them an awful lot you know with julio johnson is injury and getting old you don't want to be going out giving him 15 20 million so it's kind of finding that sweet spot of how much do you pay a veteran wide receiver these days
0: you're right and we also look at another position which is loaded in free agency which is um pass rushers well, you mentioned Jadavion Clowney. They're, uh Melvin Ingram's still sitting there. You know, I, he, Melvin Ingram's is a fantastic player, a really fantastic player. Jerry Hughes, Akeem Hicks, Trey Flowers
1: is Trey Flowers uh, Trey, still there? Yeah, yet. Trey Flowers yeah. has
0: not been signed yet, and he, he's only think- he's only twenty nine years old. And do you think it's maybe pe- teams are looking at the draft? With the the yes. wealth.
2: It's a, yeah, what, it's a very deep. Well, not very deep. It's very edge heavy or D line heavy at the start of the draft. And yeah. the same with the wide receivers, it's very exactly. deep. So I think the the chips will fall out. You know, if a team misses out on an edge or a wide receiver, um, obviously then they can dip back into the free agency.
0: Yeah. Justin Houston as well and Sheldon Richardson. They're all, all there. Sheldon Richardson's still, he's only 31. I thought Sheldon Richardson must have been close to 40, but it seems like he's been in the league forever. Um, but he's only yeah. thirty-one years old.
1: Well, like you were saying with Larry Joby, you know he's he's only twenty-eight, but he's still a guy that's got a lot to give. I I I think you are both right when you say that you know it's ed, edge rushing or just uh, defensive line um, that is dominating at the, uh, the top of the NFL draft this year and wide receiver as well. You know the, these. I, I think there's too many players to accommodate all the positions in the league. that It's just, it's stacked. And I think with the top ones, or the ones that we mentioned already, especially a wide receiver, um, you know, with o- uh, OBJ, um, you know, you've got Jar- Jarvis Landry, I think these kind of guys are going to go, but I don't think they're going to get a team until after the draft, until the teams can really analyse. Um, you know, you've also got the start of um, the off-season, uh, so the preseason. And I think once the people get maybe a look at some of their, I'd I say players that are slightly further down the draft, then, uh, no, so, sorry, for down the draft, slightly down their depth charts, if they have a look at these players and they don't think they're quite up to scratch, and they've got a little bit of, well, I say cap room, The caps we, we know the cap's a myth, but if they've got a little bit of cap room, they might go and get one of these guys even to play number three, number four wide receiver.
2: Uh, so you've both mentioned uh, Larry Ogunjobi there, but he'd actually signed with the Bears earlier this off-season, three years, forty and a half million deal. Uh, but he felt it was basically written off or called off because he failed a physical. So it is interesting to see uh, why he failed it, and I'm sure teams are doing their uh, due diligence on it. And then if he can pass a physical, is obviously the most important thing. And then I, do- I doubt uh, he'll be getting forty and a half million do- dollars there and a three-year deal. It'll most likely, be a Year deal i
1: would assume he's only missed five or six games uh regular season games in the past five seasons as well so i'm very curious about the physical side of things that it could be something that you know could prevent him playing um, yeah hopefully that's not really case. no i i was just the only thing i was going to add was that um i i think a players like ogonjobi you know what you're getting. So I think the teams that are going to have to improve and maybe go for a little bit of gamble are not going to want Joby. I think a, a team that maybe had a fantastic end to the year last year will be more suited to Ogunjobi, maybe not quite a starter. But yeah, I, I hope everything's all right with him uh, all the same.
0: And that's us to discuss free agency. Now, there's one player that we haven't mentioned who is going to be the centrepiece of a new segment that we have which is called Jake's Hot Takes. So Jake, um, can you tell us uh, which player have you been looking at and who has been making the headlines this week?
2: Absolutely, It'd be my pleasure. Now the first subject of my hot takes is Debo Samuel, and probably Debo Samuel's brother, who um, should probably get off social media to uh, help his brother out, because he keeps on posting uh, cryptic or sometimes not even cryptic messages um, about him not wanting to be a 49er, um, and that they are asking for a trade. Um, so Adam Schefter had reported that it's um, not the 49ers who are not willing, but more Debo himself, and that teams like the Jets and the Ravens are interested. Um, now, with the Jets, there'll be a reunite, uh, reunion with Salah, the head coach, who, the former 49ers uh, defensive coordinator. Um, With the Ravens, I think I've spent all day just fantasizing over Debo Samuel in a Ravens uh, uniform. I think that is just beyond perfect um, match, and I would love to see that. And then uh, not that long ago, Ian Rapport, and I think who was it that was actually broke it first, I believe, Jeff Darlington. There we go. Uh, Jeff Darlington spoke to Debo Samuel and he's asked for the 49ers for a trade. Now, this was apparently as, as long as last week. The um, 49ers obviously not wanting to let him go, but Debo and his brother, more importantly, uh, are making it quite clear that they are wanting to head somewhere else.
0: So Debo Samuel is having... Um... Let's not say family issues, obviously, but uh, his brother has been tweeting and posting on social media about Debo. Um, I wonder if he sort of feels the same way that Patrick sometimes feels about his own brother, Patrick Mahomes, because these people should just stay off social media. I don't know why people... I mean, it seems like, you know, someone removes a mention of the team from their bio in Instagram or Twitter... And the internet loses its mind, collectively. You know, it's you're looking at it going, what are you doing? Behave yourselves. You know, I, I if I was playing uh, in the NFL, not that I ever could, but if I was, you know, I'm playing for my team, um, I wouldn't even put it in my bio. Why would I need to? I'm already a celebrity.
2: They know where I play.
0: Yeah, it's like, I mean, you don't see... <laughs> I t- I'm trying to think of someone who's synonymous with, with a franchise. Um, I was going to say Patrick Mahomes, but his, his brother's doing it all for him. Um, but if you look at, you know, the same thing happened with Aaron Rodgers. Why, do you, why would you have quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in your bio? Is there anyone who doesn't know who Aaron Rodgers plays for? So if he takes it off, all the fans are going, Oh no, Aaron Rodgers took the Packers off this bio. What's going to happen? And then all the conspiracy theories start flying out. And you think, S- just behave. Calm down. Who cares what's on his bio? You know, I mean, God knows what would happen if one of them actually came off Twitter altogether or Instagram and just stopped posting. The fans would lose their minds. They really would. It's, it's just ridiculous. But... The Debo Samuel, um, we spoke about him the other week there. He is a one-man offence. He can do it all. And as you said, Jake, you know, if he goes to a team like the Ravens, as, as a perfect example, the Baltimore Ravens, that would really push them to the point where teams would once again be looking at the Ravens as a contender for the AFC, which they've not been talking about the Ravens. That way this off season, um, does anyone have an opinion on that as to why the the Ravens seem to be getting sort of undermined, slightly? Lamar,
1: lack of Lamar. I I'd say I I don't think I think that the lack of the Lamar factor that we originally saw with his dancing shoes dancing through was it the it was Bengals defense that I I've never seen a run in the NFL quite like that before oh, I said the
0: um. What was it, Kevin Harlan? The comedy. He broke his ankles. He
1: broke yes, his he, ankles. Oh, he broke his ankles. Yes, he broke uh, breaking ankles left, right, and center. I th- I think the- I think actually since Lamar Jackson got COVID, I don't think he was ever really the same. I I, d- I never had like a complete training camp. He had like an injury here and there, Um and. We we were discussing it a few weeks ago as well. The Ravens have been quite quiet in the, the the off season. You know, there's usually when that happens that whatever team we've said has been quiet, then goes out and does something drastic. Well, or maybe not necessarily drastic, but something massive that's huge news. Oh, we just um, yeah, like we
0: just know that as soon as we come the, off yes, air here, it's coming. Something's
1: going to yeah. happen. The <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> the dolphins are prime example. Not only did they confirm the signing of Terran Armstead, but then all of a sudden, oh look, that who comes with Terran Armstead? Tyreek Hill on like a nine-figure deal. Yeah, just uh, I think I don't know if we're our own worst enemies in that case. But the thing about Debo Samuel, I know from experience that twice a year I had to witness him and he can tear apart any defence in the league. It's that simple. He's worth 25 mil a year. However, from what I've seen, he does not want to be at the 49ers anymore. What happened, I don't know. Um, The 49ers say they're willing to discuss, but that doesn't mean they're willing to pay what he wants, whereas there has been about six teams inquiring behind the scenes about him. So... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm excited that he's not going to be in the NFC West next year if this is the case. But um, yeah, well, this, is, this is an interesting time to well, be a wide receiver in the NFL. Jake,
0: if you were Debo Samuel's agent and Debo says, I'm not happy at the 49ers. Um, I want to go to a team that's perfect for me. Where do you say... Debo would be best not 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 necessarily he's got the best chance to win a Super Bowl, but where do you think he would be at his most effective? What team do you or or you know a couple of teams do you think he mm. would be the guy to just put them over the edge
2: I think pretty much. Any team, he's that good and that useful. But the the teams that have been reported early uh, that are interested, which I'm surprised it's only this few, because like I say, if I was anybody, I'd be interested. But the Jets, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Lions. Now, the 49ers are going to want a first. And the Jets have got two, the Packers have got two, the Chiefs have got two, and the Lions have got two. So it's not a surprise that those are the teams that are interested. Um, But looping back to the Ravens, there's uncertainty about... Lamar, in terms of from the sounds of it, he's basically one to play out of his contract. The Ravens will then play hardball and franchise him twice. And then, from what I've been picking up and what I've been reading, Lamar wants to hit the open market and basically reset the market and, you know, see what he can get. But if I was a Ravens, one way to keep your quarterback on side and, and maybe work towards a deal is bringing in a talent like Debo Samuel. Like I was saying earlier, I think that is just the absolute dream fit. Um, the Ravens are sitting at 14 they don't have a, a drastic need from the draft what I was looking at they're most likely going to pick up an edge maybe a cornerback I was looking at Jordan Davis but if they could give the you know, the 14th and you know I'm sure they'll work it out behind the scenes but picking up someone like Debo Samuel for that offense that would be a perfect fit for me, in my eyes
0: it probably would be um, you mentioned the Green Bay Packers have two first round picks um, I think Steve, is it Steve Guttenkunst? Is that his name? Uh, Brian. 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 I beg your pardon. Sorry, Brian, if you're listening. I'm sure <sighs> Brian Guttenkunst listens to our podcast.
2: Getting all the information from He's, us.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm sure if he was to trade one of his first round picks for Debo Samuel, that would at least placate his quarterback. Because we've been, I mean, how many, how many years now has it been where people have looked at the Packers in the draft and said they need they need a wide receiver. I mean, they had Devontae Adams, but it's like they need another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. You can't do it with one guy, uh, even though Rodgers has consistently done it with essentially one guy. And, you know, they don't draft a wide receiver, they don't draft a wide receiver, they don't draft a wide receiver. Uh, he makes Devontae Adams, who I think is anyway one of the best wide receivers in the league. I'm not disputing that at all. But you know, he makes him look like by far and away the best, that no one's even close. And they trade Devontae Adams. And then they trade away their second wide receiver, um Scantling, is it? Valdez Scantling? Yeah, he,
2: he left in free agency. But oh, was that okay? Because they picked up they picked up Sammy Watkins in, in they, the terms, they did so.
0: get Sammy Watkins. They did get Sammy Watkins. But I mean I if I'm the if I'm the 49ers, I'm not trading Devo Samuel to the Packers. Mm-hmm. In fact I'm not trading him at all. Because I don't see what, unless there's someone in the draft that you desperately want, you absolutely have to have this player. Why would you trade away the best offensive weapon you've had in years? And I know that, you know, they've been relying a lot on on George Kittle over the past few years. And George Kittle's one of the best, probably top two, pass-catching tight end in the league between him and Kelsey. I don't think many would yeah. argue. Um, oh, yeah. not forgetting Mark Andrews. In, in Baltimore, of course. Uh, monster. I I would I would be breaking the bank to keep Debo. And all he this. He doesn't want
2: to stay, though. He, he doesn't, doesn't want to stay.
0: Does he not? Or is this just what we're hearing from the family? Um, yeah, with I all, get, this, with
2: yeah. all this fallout, though, it's it's not going to look great on the organization if they just shut him up by giving him 25 million because it's the next person in the 49ers to go. So that's what it takes, is it?
1: I get the feeling it's a modern day tantrum. Is, mm-hmm. I want my money. I want my money. I'm deleting you off my social media. Oh, shut up. That's exact, That's the, what I would have said to him. You either play for us, you don't want to play for us. Okay, that's fine. But the problem is, I think to me, Debo Samuel having witnessed how many moves he can pull, what his ability is, quite often, I would be demanding more than a first. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would be demanding first two seconds if, if someone has them or if something else another play a player is collateral i i think as even though wide receivers you know there are so many of them he i think he's right up there i think he's one of if not the best because he is a fantastic hybrid player he is a multi-positional player and i think because that is such to to be that good and to be that um, that that you know, that varied in positions, I, I think you, you've got it. You, you have to ask for more than just a first. But whether they get it or not is different. I think, to me, my the team that I would pick for him, uh, if I was to go for it, I would have said uh, m- maybe a team that's been known for being a run-first uh, offense.
0: Well, yeah, not I mean, you, you, you look at the, the Buffalo Bills when they traded for Stefan Dix. Yeah. I mean they treated, what was it, a first round pick and uh like two or three other picks. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like a first. I mean, there was a, they gave up a lot for Stefan Diggs. And that's and, exactly what you're talking about, Dave. That was a and then they was, and then
1: they paid him, and then they had to pay him as well.
0: Yeah, course. and and but they were sort of a run first offense. Mm-hmm. They've been suffering for some from some pretty dire quarterback play for a good long time. Um, and then you know, Josh Allen comes out. And Stefan Diggs has been fantastic for the Bills. That, that, that trade really worked out well for the Bills. Giving up a first for Ste and I, I forget the exact what they gave up, but definitely a first round pick. Um yeah, we spoke about this the other week there. If if that player is going to take you over the edge, if that player is, is the one thing that you need, absolutely. You spoke about the Jets, uh, Jake. Um, two firsts for Debo Samuel, yeah.
2: Um, well, the Jets are quite flush with picks. They've got what was it? They, they have here four, ten, thirty-five, and thirty-eight. So, if you're saying you want a first and a second, well, I'll give you four yeah, and thirty-five, 30, or you know, four, ten and yeah. thirty-five. You know, yeah, depending on what the 49 Forty Nineers after. You know, if the 49ers are after a edge rusher say you know, one of the, the elite um, rushers at the top of the draft, they draft you know, maybe trade four and thirty-eight. And um, you know, yeah. that's what it could take.
0: And Debo Samuel would be Zach Wilson's best friend.
2: It would certainly help.
0: It, Zach Wilson did not have a lot of help last year. It was pretty poor. Uh, I actually went to see the Jets play the Dolphins last year in a MetLife Stadium. It wasn't Zach Wilson. It was Joe Flacco. It was embarrassing. It was shoddy. The play calling was terrible, but... I'm, having a go, I'm not having to go at just the offense. The, the Jets' defense, some of the calls made there. I mean, we spoke about it. Was it earlier today or yesterday, Jake? The uh, cover nobody that they, they did. I'll take, I'll
2: cover zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, cover zero, which means cover no one uh, against the Raiders. And it totally backfired. Why? I watched that game uh, on telly th- live. And I just, it was in disbelief, in disbelief at the decision to run that coverage when you think, okay, well, what are they going to do? Well, they're going They have to throw it deep. They've got no
1: option but to throw it deep. So let's Look, keep, just... Talk. I was going to say, yeah, So sorry, sorry to interrupt. You, I was just going to say, now, keep me right if I'm wrong here, but with these guys, if, for example, even, just say even the Texans, if the Texans manage to trade for Debo or the Jets and you've got these new head coaches in position, with a player like debo in the team that and he's going he's going to get paid uh they'll make a few picks in the draft if these head coaches have another bad season with a star player like them in the roster do you see them lasting past past, past a, a, another season that, or will we'll, they even make it to the end of the season they
0: they, sh- oh. they should i don't believe in uh, p- personally this is I don't believe in firing a coach midway through his first season. That's, that's mm-hmm. not fair, with the obvious exception of Urban Meyer. Let's not <laughs> yes, go there. Stop. But you, like all sports, you know, we, we watch football sometimes, soccer, as they call it in the States. Um, if you get a new manager in, you've got to give them some time. You You have to. They need I'd let time. Jake, I, I'm, I'm not. will let Jake deal
1: with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to start talking about no, and, you know. no. But I, I see. My, my choice for Debo would be the Texans. I think the reason being because of Lovie Smith. Lovie Smith was known in you know, if now, if my memory serves right, didn't he have what was it a nine and six or eight and seven season and he got sacked by the Bears and that has that hasn't exactly panned out since he was sacked. But he's known as someone who's of a you know a teach quiet or a like classic coaching almost like a teaching demeanor. If Debo Samuel, who's still quite young, can go uh, under the wing of Lovey Smith, have and the Texans have quite a flush amount of draft picks. If I'm correct, you know they they've quite quite a large number, don't they, Jake? I think, uh, yes, those, Texans.
2: Uh, let me find the Texans. They've got three thirty and thirty-seven. That's just the, you know the first few. They've obviously got more backlogged as well. I think they've got two uh, threes.
1: Three. Uh, so that, so yeah. So it's straight away, you know, three of the top thirty-seven picks. Three of the top prospects coming into the NFL this year. They've got Lovey Smith. I think I think the Texans would be fantastic for them. It's not like they don't have cap space anymore. They they've traded anyone that could potentially get paid. In the last couple of years, between DeAndre Hopkins, uh, obviously Deshaun Watson is gone. Um, Mr. Watts just a breakdown in the relationship. He he's away. You know these guys. They were the ones that were going to command the big money. Lovie Smith, fantastic uh, coach. You know, and I think the Texans in the next couple of years they may not obviously bounce straight away, but I think Debo Samuel will be a fantastic fit there.
2: You meant the two coaches you mentioned, Lovey Smith and Salah, are both mm-hmm. defensive co- minded coaches. Um, so it would fall, like, if to answer the thing in terms of would they lose their job, obviously it'd be Lovey's first year back with the Texans and then Salah's second year. I don't believe so, especially with the te- uh, the Jets. I- I've mentioned a few times. I think they're really going under the radar this year in terms of players they've brought in, like Lake and Tomlinson. Um, they've got two tight ends brought in, C.J. Ozoma and Tyler Conklin. If they went out and got Debo Samuel and the Jets, say, go you know, 5 and 12 or 6 and 11, I think it would be more on the quarterback. And next year, the Jets will have a high draft pick, no doubt. And there's a much better draft class for quarterbacks. I think Salah wouldn't be taking the blame for that. I mean, the Jets can't really do much more to help the quarterback in terms of bringing up the offensive line, and bring it in tight ends, which is a quarterback's best friend. And then if they went out and got Debo Samuel, I mean, there would be no excuses.
0: You mentioned Lovie Smith, Dave. I was mm-hmm. just, just having a cursory look at his coaching career there. Um, forgetting, and I did actually forget, that um, he took a Rex Grossman-led Chicago Bears to 13-3 and and the Super Bowl.
1: That's impressive in back itself. in
0: 2006. Um, he was fired after the 2012 season after the team went 10 and 6, but they did miss <laughs> the playoffs, having lost five of their final uh, eight games. So that's, you know, he, he got fired from there. I like Lovey Smith. I think he can do well with this team. Um, he doesn't have the defensive players that he had back in his Hades in Chicago, but it's still a talented roster in Houston. They've just suffered from some really bad um, coaching and uh, personnel decisions over the past mm-hmm. few years. Um, I think Lovey Smith uh, can be very successful in Houston, and I really wish him all the best.
2: They're in a, a nice spot for the draft in terms of if they don't go for Debo and they have those picks. They've got a lot of picks, but they can also, because they have, you know, Obvious needs. They can just go best player available. They can just take their pick. They can look at their board and say, yep. "Who's the best player available? We're going to take him." And you know, three picks in the top thirty-seven. If you take three of the best players on your board, you know, no matter what position, they're going to improve your team.
0: They have to. Every year, it's it's almost like a meme now with the 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 Jets and drafting, and the fans go absolutely mental every single year, and they're never happy. It doesn't matter who you take. Uh, for the Jets fans but they've got enough picks this year because I was I was reading a thing on um, I think it was ESPN when they were talking about um, this draft class and they'd mentioned what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago how there doesn't appear to be great quarterbacks but as far as the depth at other positions go this is ranked really quite highly by a lot of experts uh, looking at, we, you already mentioned and alluded to the, the edge rushers and the defensive players who will probably go very high in this draft. Some mock drafts I've seen have the top six players all being edge. I mean, that's, that'll never unheard happen. Of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely unheard of. Um, and I, personally, I don't see that happening, but it it's possible that you could, uh, what are the Jets picking? Number four?
2: Yep,
0: number four and number ten. Yeah, number four and number ten. That they could be getting two future perennial pro bowlers with the, those first two picks. I mean, they could they could throw a dart at a board and and hit on this one. Uh, because people are saying that these players, right through the top 15 or 20, are going to be really good at their position. It, it appears to be only the quarterbacks don't look like the NFL ready at the moment. But we'll see. You know, we, we don't know what's gonna happen in the draft. Certainly have no idea who's going to be picking who. I'm lost. All the all the mock drafts that I've seen have different people going different orders right through the first round. I have absolutely no idea. It'll be interesting to see if there's some trades. Maybe we could think about doing a, a live stream on the on the the night of the, the night of the draft. What do you think about that guys?
1: Oh, well, I'll be awake, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't start till ten or eleven the next day. Absolutely.
0: Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, we don't have a, a huge sponsors yet. Um, from you know, Raycon and Manscaped, whoever it is, Audible and and um, what's it? Squarespace, is it? Yeah, all, it's every podcast I listen to. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. We don't have any of those yet, so we we actually have day jobs, which is a bit rubbish. But you know, what are you going to do? Um, Phone lines are gonna... open though. Phone lines are open. Absolutely, we will accept. We will accept sponsorships from anyone. Absolutely anyone. Male enhancement pills you bet we'll take it. Um not that we need those of course
1: guys I'm sure. <laughs> I'm <both. not> so, <laughs> well, so we'll take it. That's that's a really bad catch for that. Yeah. Look, we will we will accept sponsorship. We will not accept product testing, okay? That is not something that I I'm want not above to it. I'm not above it. Yeah, speak for yourself, right. Dave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, I, you know, it's really weird being up on the high horse for once in my life. It's quite, I, I'm getting a nosebleed this high up on the moral high ground, so can <laughs> we please just take it back down us a notch? Okay, let's,
0: let's bring it all the way back down there. So, obviously... The big news is the draft. It's upcoming. We've spoken about it sort of on and off the past couple of weeks. Uh, Next Wednesday, we will have our final mock draft for for the entire first round. Uh, All 32 teams will be deciding what they're picking uh, or where they're going to pick. We'll be getting that done from our draft expert, Ewan McPhail. Um, And on that note, that's a lovely segue into our next segment, brand new segment known as Ewan McPhail's. Draft Day Fails So um, our draft expert that I've already mentioned, Mr Ewan McPhail, has kindly suggested a topic for us to discuss, gentlemen. And each week we will be going through a different draft day moment Now, we've decided to start with a trade, and it's a trade that we actually mentioned, I believe it was two weeks ago, Jake, we were talking about this trade, uh, regarding... yes, (laughs) Yes. Regarding your own team, the New Orleans Saints. And um, we're going far, far back in time, all the way back to 1999. And uh, this is a trade that occurred between the New Orleans Saints... ...and the Washington Redacted. The coach for the Saints at the time was one Mike Didka. ...and he wanted to make a trade. He wanted to make a trade because there was a player he had his eye on. And the player in question was one Ricky Williams. Now, leading up to the draft... Um, Didka was so high on Ricky Williams, it was all he wanted... He didn't care about anything else. He just I want Ricky Williams. And at the NFL owners meeting, which was two months before the draft, he'd stated publicly that he would trade his entire draft to acquire Williams. He compared him to Walter Payton. And Walter Payton, of course, was the all-time great, some say the greatest running back of all time. um, And Ditka coached him with the Chicago Bears back in the 1980s. Uh, Won a Super Bowl with the Bears in the 80s. Although, uh, believe it or not, Walter Payton didn't score that day. Interesting. We we fact for you there. The fridge did. Terrible, William Penny. <laughs> I'll
2: never uh, forgive the Bears for this.
0: Yeah, the, the the fridge did. They they had the ball on the the one or the two yard line, whatever it was, and in uh, Walter Payton's only Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't give him the ball. They gave it to William the Refrigerator Perry, who scored. And uh, Walter Payton never scored in a Super Bowl in his entire career, uh, which is which is a, a crime. Let's, let's not kid ourselves on here. Walter Payton is one of the greatest people to have ever lived, let alone one of the greatest players. So um, with regards to the trade, the actual trade itself... Uh, The Saints' general manager, uh, Bill Kuharich, I beg your pardon if I'm saying that wrong, had been discussing trades with teams in the top five. The Saints actually offered the Cincinnati Bengals nine draft picks for the third overall choice, but the Bengals declined. They didn't want to take it. So the fifth overall pick, this was the next one that they were looking for, was uh, owned by Washington. So the Saints traded. They traded their first-round pick, their third-round pick, their fourth-round pick, fifth, sixth, and seventh-round picks in the 1999 NFL Draft. And it's not done. It's not. It's not done. Paul Tagliabue kept on speaking. They also traded their first and third picks from the 2000 draft. All. For the 5th pick in the 1999 draft. So it was the 1st, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th in '99, And the 1st and 3rd in 2000 for one pick. The 5th overall pick in the 1999 NFL draft. Now, as we know, the Saints then got Ricky Williams. Um, it didn't work out too well for the Saints, unfortunately. However, we'll, we'll come back to that. The... Picks that Washington got, they got the 12th overall pick, 71st, 107th, 144th, 179, 218. And then in the first round pick in 2000, they got the second overall pick. Because oh, it, hurts. it It does hurt because the Saints didn't do very well that year after they'd um, drafted Ricky Williams. So after the trade, uh, very famously, Mike Didka and Ricky Williams appeared on the cover of the August uh, 99 issue of ESPN, dressed as a bride and groom with the um, Ricky Williams in a wedding dress and the title For Better or Worse. Mm. Unfortunately, it was a lot of worse. There wasn't much betting in it. Um, and the Saints finished 3-13 and in the 99 season, which was the second worst in franchise history. Now, there's an, another interesting thing to put in here. Just before we carry on talking about this, the fourth pick belonged to the Indianapolis Colts and former Saints head coach, Jim Mora, who is another legend. I'm sure Jake will agree, Jim Mora is just one of the best characters uh, ever to uh, have a microphone put in front of him.
2: He's just a walking soundbite and I, I love him.
1: Well, what happened was that second game, we got our ass kicked, or the second half. We just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Horse- I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Coaching, we're all, our coaching did a horrible job. The players did a horrible job. We got our ass kicked in that second half. It sucked. It stunk.
0: So um, Jim Mora had the fourth pick and the Saints were actually really worried that he was going to pick Ricky Williams because they, they tried to get to third because they knew the Colts wanted a running back and they knew that Ricky Williams was the guy. But the Colts didn't select Ricky Williams. They actually selected one and James,
1: mm, the legend.
0: Worked out pretty well for the um, for the Colts to select and James. and James actually finished his career with over twelve thousand uh, rushing yards. He uh, also fit into there with 80 touchdowns as well. He was a Pro Bowler four times, 99, 2000. Uh, pro Bowler in 2004 and 2005, before he was, of course, traded to the, the Arizona Cardinals. But Edgerton James turned out to be a fantastic player. And in his rookie year, Edgerton James ran for 1,553 yards and 13 touchdowns. And in his second year...
1: He led the NFL that year. He he actually in his achievements, he was the NFL rushing leader for in his first two years in the league. I didn't. I wasn't actually aware of the first the first year. The second year, he rushed for
0: seventeen hundred and nine yards and thirteen touchdowns. So in his first two years, he'd gone for over two thousand. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Over three thousand two hundred yards and twenty six touchdowns in his first two years in the league. Now, unfortunately for the Saints, Ricky Williams he it's not that he played particularly badly. However, in his first in his rookie season, he played in 12 games. He had 884 yards and two touchdowns. It just wasn't worth it. Now, through his career Ricky Williams had, I think it was 5,000-yard seasons, finished with over 10,000 rushing yards and 66 touchdowns. So you say, well, it's not that far behind Edgerton James. This is true, but he had by far and away his best years after he was traded just three years into his contract to the Miami Dolphins. The aftermath of this trade was just ridiculous. In the Washington... from. Washington's picks that they got, they later traded picks back to Chicago. Chicago selected Cade McNown, Dwayne Bates, Carrie Samuel. They they traded the 179th overall to Denver, who selected Desmond Clark. They traded their seventh round pick as well. And the first year, sorry, the first round pick from the second year, 2000, they selected LaVar Arrington with the second overall pick. Oh. Now, LaVar Arrington was a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He played in the NFL for seven seasons and he was a solid player. He, he didn't have staggering numbers, uh, he never broke 100 tackles in a season. His highest sack tally was six. Um, he had one interception. Uh sorry, beg your pardon. He had four interceptions, uh, one touchdown uh in his career. and um, for the second overall pick wasn't really great. It, it, it really wasn't, and you think that's that's a bit of a shame because you, you're thinking, wow, we've got this. Not only did we get a first round pick, but it turns out to be the second overall, and you got a steady player now after the trade uh the redskins act, sorry redacted washington acquired a uh, champ bailey um and lavar arrington lavar arrington did actually make the pro bowl um and while washington um did make the 99 postseason. They didn't make the playoffs again until 2005. They then later traded Champ Bailey to the Denver Broncos for Clinton Portis, running back Clinton Portis. And the Bears used the Saints' original first-round pick to select Cade McNowan, who went 3-12 in two seasons. Unfortunately for Mike Ditka, he ended his tenure with a 15-33 and 33 record in three seasons, and he never coached again. When he was asked later on in 2010 about the trade, Mike Ditka said he would make it again. And it was uh, listed by Sports Illustrated as the second worst trade of all time. Now, the funny thing about this is that in the aftermath of this trade was the Champ Bailey-Clinton Portis trade. Now, that was essentially what was known as a win-win. Both teams benefited hugely from Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis. The Ricky Williams trade might be the worst trade for both teams because the Saints got nothing out of it, and Washington got nothing out of it. It was a horrible trade, and has to go down as one of the biggest fails in uh, draft day history. Jake, I know it's your team. Do you want to uh, do you want to add anything to that at all? Uh, yeah
2: just that Ricky Williams had one great season it was in 2002 he he was first team all pro he was pro bowl and he was the NFL Russian leader but it was for the Miami Dolphins so <laughs> it was so that just really as soon as the Saints let go of him he turned out you know he showed glimpses of what the Saints kind of envisioned obviously he was kind of on and off after then I think he at one point was suspended and ended up playing in Canada um, but he clearly did have talent. And, you know, you can understand why Mike Dicker fell in love with him. Um, but it's just one of those perfect examples of not everyone is made for the NFL. And sometimes it, things don't pan out. And that's where we end up with Ewan's, McPhail's draft fails.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, that season, the 2002 season that he had for Miami, was his first season with the Dolphins. Um, He went for 1,853 yards, 16 touchdowns, which equaled his career totals in New Orleans over three years. He had 16 touchdowns. Just painful, so painful to see. uh, Because as you say, Ricky Williams was a talented player. It wasn't his fault that all these trades were made in his name. He had nothing to do with it. But, you know, he's always going to have that hanging over his head for the rest of his life. Mike Didcat is not sorry that he did it. As I say, he'd, he'd said, oh, I would do it again. Um, but it's, it's a shame. Ricky Williams was uh, had the potential to be an absolute star in the NFL. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for him. And those first three years really held him back, as you said, uh, Jake later on he actually retired in after the two thousand three season and then came back for two thousand five and it was two thousand six he he missed that season because a violation of the league's substance abuse policy so um unfortunately Ricky Williams his career didn't go the way that everyone had hoped it would and I, I don't think it helped him at all that Mike Ditka as I said had compared him to Walter Payton so that uh, you know coming out of college. That's, that's going to be tough. Uh, big, big boots to fill. Very big boots to fill indeed. Uh, the only other thing I need to mention about this is that prior to the Ricky Williams trade, not a lot of people know this or, or mention it. Prior to that, in the 1998 draft, the year before, the Saints actually attempted to trade all of their picks in the 1998 NFL draft to acquire Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf. So they might they might have ended up with Peyton Manning. And if they'd traded their entire draft for him, everyone would have said that's one of the greatest trades of all time.
1: I mean, looking at the careers that both these respective players had, it could have either gone amazing or insert whatever other word you want when it for Ryan Leaf. I, I, I think obviously you, no one can be compared to Peyton Manning in my opinion. I think he, he was a unique player of an entire generation. Yeah. But I think I'm just, just thinking about what you just said there, that they want to trade the, every single pick they had for Peyton Manning. Yeah. I I would have done that as well. But I Definitely. think Definitely. The, Ra- the Rams, the Rams have taken a, a modern approach which and oh, we're back you know, to the uh, Rams, my uh, uh, goodness! No, no, no. Well, the, this isn't the Rams are not the focus of this. Don't you why? So what I was going to say is that with um, i completely forgot. You've thrown me off now. Yeah, of course, oh, I've okay. told you off. Stop bringing up the Rams. <laughs> you've, you've thrown me off, but I think. Um, what I, what I would say is that, you know, it may it could have started with the Saints. The Saints had that philosophy, but it's been modernised by a few teams now that draft picks are either considered to be essential for, for example, re, potential rebuilds, or they are just capital to get proven talent. You know, so I, I think the Saints kind of laid the groundwork. It didn't work out first time round, but I think, you know, in this generation, I think it's proven quite well. Well,
0: you're saying it didn't work out first time round. That wasn't actually the first time something like this had happened. But we're not going to go into that because that's Mm -hmm. going to be the subject of next week's Ewan McPhail's Draft Day Fails. So uh, moving on, we're going to be on to everyone's favorite segment so far.
1: Random stats.
0: Who wants to kick us off with their random stat for this week? Go on you yeah look we'll yeah okay so um I'll start with my random stat and this is a very random stat um I don't know how interesting it is <laughs> because it's just one of those stats that you look at it and go I didn't know that and I'm maybe maybe you guys did know this I do I certainly didn't when I heard this player numbers. Now, player numbers, um, as we know, have undergone a bit of a change um, over the past uh, couple of years. And they've allowed players to wear, for example, uh, pass rushers and defensive backs to wear single digit numbers, which they didn't used to. I remember back when I first started watching the NFL in the 80s, um, all wide receivers were numbered 80 to 89. That was your number. And when I first saw, I want to say it was Larry Fitzgerald. The first one I saw wearing a different number other than 80. I could be wrong. Need to, I'll need to check that out. Larry Fitzgerald wore number 11 because he wasn't allowed to wear number one. So he selected two of them. That is, uh, that's a true story. But that's not my random stat. My random stat concerns the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, more importantly, their quarterback, Steve Young. As you guys will know, uh, teams often retire numbers. The NFL discourages this because there's only, you know, 99 numbers that teams can pick from. There used to be 100 because, well actually 101, because the number 0 and the numbers double zero used to be allowed in the NFL. Players were allowed to weigh those numbers. That's not the case anymore. It's from 1 to 99. So, if teams ha- are retiring numbers, it makes it very difficult to find a number for everybody. It's because eventually you'll get to a point where you've retired. Uh, you can only what is it? Have fifty-three man rosters, but in yep. preseason, your rosters are bigger. You can have seventy players on your team. Um, are you going to start doubling up in numbers, offense and defense? will be very confusing very confusing so the NFL discourages teams retiring numbers however teams do retire numbers now um famously retired numbers uh, on my own team the Broncos because I'm this is my segment I'm my random stat Dave so I'm allowed to talk about it um, nah, nah, nah,
2: nah, have nah,
0: retired nah. number seven for John Elway number 44 for Floyd little and number 18 was actually the first retired number. For the Broncos, uh, by Frank Tripuca, who was the quarterback, it was unretired for Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, sorry, Frank Tripuca had actually reached out to Peyton Manning, who was number 18 famously in Indianapolis all those years, and offered him his shirt. So, there we go, he, he was able to wear number 18. But the San Francisco 49ers retired Steve Young's number eight. Now, up until that point, Steve Young was the only 49er to ever wear the number eight, and because they've retired it, it's likely he'll be the only player who will ever wear that number. And as far as I can make out, and I looked into this when I found this out, this is the only number in the entire NFL for that only one player has and will ever wear that number, unless it's unretired for someone. Uh, that is my random stat. Steve Young is the only player to ever, or will ever, wear the number eight for the San Francisco
1: 49ers. Just a poor man's Taysom Hill. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting on it. I, I knew there was going to be a mention of Taysom Hill. That I was well,
0: I, I, w- I would have said the poor man's Tim Tebow, so, you know, there you go. Oh,
1: oh God. He was a, oh, lef- I, he was I, a lefty I, as
0: well. He was a lefty, just like Steve Young.
1: Yeah, good for him. Tebow. Okay. Come on, Dave. Give us your random stat. All right. So I, I actually, you know, with the the draft coming up now, I would like to just very briefly focus on the importance, or in my opinion, sometimes the lack of maybe foresight of some of the NFL scouts. Now, I want to focus on one player, and he's a current active. NFL player. And I'm going to hand it over to you guys to guess who it could be. So, this person is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a pro bowler in 2015. Uh, He is current NFL sacks, uh, sorry, NFL stats. He's got 406 tackles, 3 sacks, 17 interceptions, 5 forced fumbles, 2 fumble recoveries, and 2 defensive touchdowns. Now, he was involved in the twenty fourteen draft and he went undrafted and he is a cornerback. Now he was out of West Alabama and I think he's what he is a player that just went completely missing from that twenty fourteen draft, probably because there might have been one AD-99 involved in that draft. I think that may have been a, a thing. But I want to hand it over to you guys. A cornerback coming out of the 2014 draft. That went undrafted, went on to win two Super Bowls, and visited the Pro Bowl in 2015. Any guesses? Hmm. I'm going to. I'm go- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you Super Bowls as well. Oh, oh, no, no, don't, don't do that. That's okay. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Come on, then. Come on. I'm going to say. I'm guess. I'm, I'm guessing it's a Patriot. That's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing purely guessing. It's a Patriot. I know I think I know it. I'm going to say I can't think of any Patriots cornerbacks. <laughs> Just because Bill Belichick's so good at picking up on yourself, drafted, guys. Um who was who was the one Stefan no what was his name? And uh, the no other guy. Oh, I don't, you know. I, I I can't think who it is. But I think it's I think it's a Patriot, but I don't know. Don't know who I, I think you kind of kick yeah. yourself
2: when you realize if I'm right. He did play for the Patriots, but he also played for the Broncos.
1: It's Akib Talib. <gasps> uh-uh. oh,
2: oh no! Oh, it's no. an no. I, would
1: been, I would have been a it, slam dunk. It was. Uh, it was not. You, you know, obviously, you right. are correct. It is a Patriot, but it is one Malcolm Butler. Oh my goodness, Malcolm Butler who was um, undrafted in the twenty fourteen draft. Now, all this is. I I've seen Malcolm Butler play. Obviously, we all have over the years, especially when he was a Patriot. Now he he moved on to the Titans in 2018, but his you know he, he, his presence alone and what he's been able to do in the NFL shows that even if you are undrafted, I mean you can go along with other famous undrafted players, Tony Romo. Well, Tony Romo Tony was undrafted. I, that just came out of my mouth without me even thinking. But <laughs> I've the, got I, no the idea. Point, the, point, the point stands though that um, undrafted players—it's not the end of your career. If you can make it, if you can make your presence felt, you've got scouts that will measure your pinky fingers to see if you're a good fit for their for their teams. But you can, you, we've had the talk previously about the size of players' hands. You know, the, um, sometimes you do not focus on the right things as an NFL scout, but, you know, I think his consistency with the Patriots, I mean, since in his rookie season, uh, he, he did he played in 11 games, but after his rookie season, he played in consecutive uh, Patriots seasons for three, he started every single game for three seasons straight and he's won two Super Bowls, he's been to the Pro Bowl, you know, some you've got obviously potential multi-year Pro Bowlers at the top of the draft, but don't forget those undrafted guys, these undrafted guys will provide cover, if you're going to have a successful team, then you need undrafted players and free agents to fill those depth charts, and they will play their important roles in the teams, so my 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 stat is basically that someone who is in has uh, been in the league for eight years. He's had two Super Bowls. He's had one Pro Bowl. You know, uh, two defensive touchdowns, five forced fumbles, seventeen interceptions. Malcolm Butler, one of the most underrated, unsigned, undrafted free agents. That I can think of.
0: I think I think it's fairly um, obvious that a lot of NFL scouts simply don't have a clue what they're doing. Um, I know that I, I believe Wes Welker went undrafted
1: as well. For the he pages. did, he absolutely did. Yeah, Wes Walker. Uh, and um, w- w- he was uh, one year old. Uh, was it um, Mr. Uh, a certain Mr. Moon? Did he not that we had on random stats not long ago? Warren
0: did Moon. He- <sighs> Warren Moon was undrafted. Yes. And it it would take uh, an entire episode of the WinFL show to discuss his <laughs> I career.
1: Knew that was <laughs>
0: um, In fact, do you know what? Next week, I'm going to discuss Warren Moon in depth. I, I will do that because that Warren Moon's story is one of the greatest stories in the history of the NFL. Yes. Um, but another uh, famous undrafted player um, for my own team, Uh, Wide receiver Rod Smith, who I firmly believe deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Mm -hmm. He didn't get in this year. He didn't get in last year. He absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, He's made multiple Pro Bowls, two-time Super Bowl winner. He had, what is it, eight seasons, 8,000-yard seasons under his belt. And At the time of those sort of late 2000s, I beg your pardon, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, Calvin Johnson was – and you know randy Moss, calvin johnson was a guy in the nfc rod smith was the best receiver in the afc he was the most consistent guy and what he used to do was because he he was undrafted and he came from a a very poor background he used to keep a food stamp in his wallet to remind him of where he came from Uh and he's just an absolute gentleman he goes to every bronco's game and every home game he's there on the sidelines uh cheering his team on but you're right dave uh undrafted guys now don't sleep on them and uh, the patriots are one of the best at picking up undrafted guys but malcolm Butler, i had no idea he was undrafted that's a great stat
2: okay so my random stat, i'm similar to dave in terms of i'm going to leave it open to you guys to guess um now not my random stat but our stat is that there are four quarterbacks who have beaten all 32 teams. That's Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and now Tom Brady, who did it last year, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but my random stat, and what I want you guys to think about, is that there is only one wide receiver in the NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams. Can
0: you name them? <sighs> one wide receiver. Ooh. See, the obvious answer for me would be Jerry Rice because he played all those seasons with the 49ers, and I'm pretty sure he scored against every team. But he also had like a really good season with the Raiders
1: mm-hmm.
0: or a couple of good seasons. But then Randy Moss had, that's you know, he had was, those seasons in Minnesota, and then he went to the Raiders, and then the Patriots, a massive season with the Patriots back in 2007. Um
1: I, I was I was thinking more along the lines of so, you you know Randy Moss definitely in there, but it could be like a kind of uh, a player that was at one team for his entire career or around that era because that you know that well, era was so stacked with no, wide receivers. He'd have
0: had to have changed teams in order to score against. Yeah. His oh, team. So Ian's on the right track. I'll give him that. Maybe Terrell, we have not named him, but Ian is on the right track. Or To maybe or yeah. To maybe because I mean he was with the Terrell Cowboys Lawrence. all those years. And then yeah, t- he was with the Eagles.
1: Yes, uh, he was with Eagles um, as well.
0: So there's also Tio. Who else? I'm gonna need.
2: that. Should I put out your, your misery? I mean, you've you've named him, oh, and I told you, he, oh.
0: yeah, he uh, was on
2: the right track, and it is Tio. Oh, oh Tio! Yes. Oh, there we go, <laughs> Tio. So when you when you say moss and rise, I was like, he's on the right track. He's gonna get there. Uh, yep. Terrell Owens um and at four at age 48 he is still catching touchdowns in the uh fan-controlled football league so Good I'm pretty sure he said him. last pretty sure he said last year he'd come out of retirement and play for the books um <laughs> he is just an athletic freak and kept himself in shape and
0: I think yeah. I think uh, Chad Otrosenko tweeted something about that didn't he yeah, I think oh, he was. was the,
2: he's talking about the Chiefs because he was uh, challenging Tyreek Hill to a uh, race and all sorts. I mean, <laughs> those two were great characters, and and both obviously athletically just fant- You know, different.
0: Amazing characters, and they they were able to back it up. I mean, Owens was one of the, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. There's no doubt, and you know, you can't say that he's Not um, guys like Randy Moss and Ocho Cinco was. Chad Johnson, <laughs> changing his name to Ocho Cinco. I love that. That's proper character. That's a, that's a really good stat. I didn't, I would, I, do you know what? I would have put on my mortgage on Jerry Rice or Randy Moss. Just shocked Randy Moss didn't because his years with the Vikings, he was scoring against everyone. And, and then in that just that 2007 season, did he not have, did he not break Jerry Rice's record? He had 23 touchdowns. In, yeah, that, that season, season Brady
2: was just
0: ridiculous. It was. Uh, adding on to that, the man whose record he broke, Jerry Rice's record, was set in 1987, um, and they only played 12 games that year. And he had 22 receiving touchdowns. But I think he also rushed for a touchdown that year. So he had 23 touchdowns in 12 games. Jerry Rice was a different level. Uh, but yeah, that, that 2007 New England Patriots, unfortunately for me, uh, were, a, were a, a powerhouse. And Randy Moss was the centerpiece of that offense. He was he was quite something that year. And they, did they not get him cheap from the Raiders? It would be a very, I, I, I would put money on
2: it because it's a very Patriots move.
0: It is. I, I think he like didn't do anything with the Raiders and they were just happy to get rid of him. And Bill Belichick was like, um, I'll take him. <laughs> i'll take him i take him this guy he's a freak of nature absolutely so uh that's that's a random stats there some good stats this week guys i liked that but uh, next week i am going to talk about warren moon because i've been put like every time i I'd want to talk about warren moon something else comes up and i'm going oh, i didn't know that um warren Moon story is just something to behold it's absolutely incredible um so have we missed anything out, guys? I know there was uh, there was a, a a player. Some was a contract signings we were going to talk about, Jake.
2: Yeah, so th- we've talked a lot about wide receivers. There, there's a, a surefire way to keep one of them quiet, and it's signing cornerbacks. We um, mentioned obviously Stefan Gilmore earlier and Stephen Nelson, uh, but this one wasn't free agency. It was just an extension or a new contract. Um, it was from the Browns, uh, the cornerback Denzel Ward. Signed a five year contract worth 100 and a half million, uh, 71 and a quarter guaranteed. Oof. I mean, he's only 24 and he's now the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Um, he's averaging 20.1 million per year, which tops Jalen Ramsey's 20 million on the head. Um, I, my favorite thing about all of this. Was uh, Twitter again remains undefeated, <laughs> and the fact that everyone was saying Zaven Howard's recent deal um, worth I think it was 18 million, uh, and that he'd probably sit out the training camp and request a new deal already, because I think he's he's uh, probably already looking at his agent going, hold on a second, we're already me- being made to look a bit silly.
0: So it's like the cornerback version, not not putting not seeing Denzel Ward's not. Great player. But it's almost like the cornerback version of the Christian Kirk. Now that we've had this deal, all the cornerbacks are going to be going, hang on, hang on a second. I think I should be getting paid more than, more than, maybe not more than Denzel Ward, but, you know, at least the equivalency He obviously had a two-time Pro Bowler, uh, 2018 and 2021. He actually made a Pro Bowl in his rookie year, Denzel Ward. Um, excellent player. He was taken, what was it, third or fourth? Both. Fourth. Fourth overall. That was the year the Browns selected baker mayfield first overall yep is that right yeah that's correct and baker mayfield what's happening with him
2: he's going to be a future usfl callback the way it's going
0: it's just we we spoke about this when we discussed the the free agency for the afc edition of free agency uh check that out on spotify we plug there or youtube it's both on both uh or wherever you get your podcasts oh i've also wanted to say that that's what they say isn't it
1: yeah Whatever
0: you get your podcasts. <laughs> so, um yeah, Baker Mayfield, um, nobody knows what's going to happen. We have no idea if he's going to sit out the season, if he's going to be traded, if he's going to just not go anywhere. We don't know what's happening with Baker Mayfield. The, the Browns did him dirty, really dirty. The way they spoke about him was just out of order no need for it they brought in uh, Deshaun Watson of course but I think we'd said I think Jake you'd actually pointed out that before they'd even signed Deshaun Watson Baker had already made up his mind that he wasn't coming back regardless
2: yeah he's been on a podcast quite recently saying he just feels incredibly disrespected by the Browns and it's hard to disagree I mean look he basically turned that franchise around I mean people seem to be forgetting that you know I'm won't make an argument that he's top 10 but he's easily better than a lot of the starters in the NFL I mean he was on that um, podcast saying that the most likely destination for him he thinks is Seattle very strange to hear a player just come out and be like yeah I think Seattle will be a good fit for me Um, but Seattle Carolina I saw today that the Steelers basically said if the Browns were to cut him they would sign him the next day Mm. Um, so I'm sure he will find a place it's, it's just the case of what is going to happen in the meantime you know is someone to trade for him what is his trade value because not only did they sign Deshaun Watson but they signed Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs they, they, the Browns really couldn't have put more of a middle finger up to Baker Mayfield
0: that's pretty poor you mentioned Carolina I, I, I nearly laughed when you said that because um I don't know if you saw Ben McAdoo naming Sam Donald the starter yes. And then du- uh, then just doubling back and saying, I shouldn't have said that. So they're saying, Do you think Sam Darnold could be a starter? He goes, Oh, yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, he's going to be our starter. And then immediately said, Yeah, I need to learn how to talk to you guys. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I really shouldn't have said that.
2: Next <laughs> so, week, when we draft a call back,
0: that's
1: going to look silly.
0: It's going to look very silly in Dean. Poor old Sam Darnold. He's had a rough time of it, his career. He's had a
1: really well, rough time of it. Yeah, let alone from us on this podcast. But um,
0: nobody, nobody is sacred from this podcast, with the exception of uh, obviously, you know, the MVP Mitch Trubisky should be, even though despite (laughs) despite Dave's misgivings, and they are misgivings, Dave, they're misgivings. uh, You just wait and see.
2: You will come around,
0: Mitch Trubisky this year, just slinging it all over the place. Pro bowler,
1: yes, slinging it literally all over the place. I reckon into <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll M, Q, Z up the top. Doing a naughty uh, but I, I, I can't wait to see Baker Mayfield starting for the Steelers uh, next year. But <laughs> what I, one thing I would like to point out, I did hear that uh, Sam Darnold's contract this year uh, is nineteen million. So. If you are going to pay Sam Darnold 19 million, not only do you expect to start him, but you 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 need you need to expect some sort of return on that. I mean, if you're paying anyone 19 million in your football team, you need something back from it. I mean, yeah, uh, Baker, I'm pretty sure Baker's uh, money for this year is around 20 million. So, these guys are you, you know they're they're meant to be starters and they're meant to be competing at the very top of the league. So, with Darnold, I, th- I think he's just not lived up to the expectation. With Baker, I I think Baker's got a lot more to give. I think the Browns not only have done him dirty, but I I think they've just they've had a serious knock on the head somewhere. I think I don't th- I don't think Baker deserves this one bit. I think he deserves a team and a place that he's going to fit in nicely. Seahawks, Panthers. Well, if they, it, I, I think with the Panthers, it depends if they want to go uh, and make a huge gamble in the draft. Uh, if they don't want to make that gamble, I think they sign Baker. I I just think it's that simple. The, the Seahawks have uh, Drew Locke, and Ian, you know as well as I do, Drew Locke can be a good quarterback, but we, he yeah, needs we, some we, consistency. We, yeah. th- we think he can. We, we don't know. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's
0: impo- it's impossible to evaluate Reloc.
1: He hasn't had but the run that he needs for us to actually say yes no. or no for sure.
0: No, he certainly hasn't. And I said this when you know after the Russell Wilson trade, I I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out red hot for the Seahawks. It wouldn't surprise me because I think that the talent is there, the arm strength is there. That's that's for sure. And I think the talent's there. And you know he's got his. Palno a come over with him mm-hmm. he's got D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there's some really good receivers in Seattle I just don't know if the Seattle playbook is going to be friendly to him either uh, th- that's what was ultimately his downfall in Denver was the play calling I don't blame Drew Locke for any of Denver's problems over the past three seasons uh, just like I don't blame Teddy Bridgewater for last year's problems it wasn't him it was the play calling so um I'm glad Drew Locke got out it's it's a shame for Baker because he's almost he's in limbo he doesn't know what's going to happen and he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL in my opinion another guy who I believe deserves to be a starting quarterback who's not been given a chance uh, at all is Gardner Minshew Uh, Gardner Minshew was with the Jaguars. Looked pretty good. They drafted Trevor Lawrence and shipped him. And I think he went to back up a was the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. Was it the Eagles he went to? Yes. And he got demoted I think, I to third was, string. Yeah. And you're sitting good, what are you doing? This guy has obviously got talent. So just just let give him a chance. Someone give him a chance. And when you see teams that have a you know, there's like nothing at the quarterback position. And they keep giving contracts to Joe Flacco and uh, no no offense to um, Andy Dalton, but you know Andy Dalton. Hey. I, as I say, I, I like Andy Dalton, <laughs> but he's. If you offered me Andy Dalton and Gardner Minshew, I'm taking Gardner Minshew every
1: day of the week. I, I like I, an, I like
0: or, Andy Dalton, but I'm just
1: no. I'm t- I'm taking an undrafted free agent. That's <laughs> my what?
0: I, now, I, I just, uh, I, I'm going to back up very slightly here because we were talking about Mitch Trubisky and Dave doesn't like Mitch Trubisky for some strange reason. Don't know why, but um, his final play, his final throw with Chicago Bears was a touchdown in the postseason. Tom Brady's final throw for the Patriots was a pick six uh, in the post season. So I'm just, you know, what would you rather have a touchdown or a pick six? Mitch Trubisky. I'm, all the, just MVP things. Yeah, yeah, just MVP things are clearly better than Tom Brady. That that's just a fact,
1: undisputed. Or, or if you want a, if you're going to make get a choice between a big bar of gold and a jar of dirt, you know, sure, obviously the jar of dirt must be the, the thing to go then. If we're going along the same lines, well, it, well, you know what, for Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow for
0: me. Absolutely, Jack Sparrow had his jar of dirt, and he was very happy with it. Right? Can I point out? <laughs> That is a fictional character. Hey, don't. Okay, okay. Right, full
1: disclosure. We don't know that wasn't based on true events. We're going. We're going to end on a bombshell because A, don't really rate Mitch Trubisky. B, don't really rate Gardner Minshew. Oh. And C, I really rate Drew Locke. So yeah, I think. Now we are looking
2: show. for a replacement next week. If anybody right. would like either this, yeah, use a yeah show, we, if anyone yeah, wants yeah, to we'll be a guest in our
0: patience. podcast, and we can we can just uh, ditch Dave for dissing Mitch Trubisky. That's shocking behavior. And Minshew, Although I like your taking Drew Lock. That's pretty good. <laughs> Oh yeah, gentlemen. It has been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening in. You can find the WinFL show on Twitter. You can find the WinFL show on YouTube and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Thank you very much for listening in. Ivernee McKinnon, Jake McGee, Dave Somerville. Thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate it.
1: If I make it back back next week,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you for listening to the WinFL show.